you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza. I want to welcome you to a very special show today. Joining me from San Diego is Lisa Peranzo. And we're gonna have a high energy show that's gonna be a lot of fun. So let me tell you a little bit about Lisa. Lisa has over 10 years of experience in the fitness industry. She's worked with a diverse population, including first responders, athletes, and adolescents. Her experience in the fitness industry has also included working with clients to rehab from a variety of injuries, from spinal cord injuries and brain injuries, recovery from childbirth to sports-related injuries, as well as joint replacements. Her focus is always to help her clients find their own strength and power from their fitness routine. She's a PMA accredited Pilates instructor, senior trainer, certified CrossFit instructor, and certified bar above instructor. Lisa has certification in paleo nutrition, a bachelor's degree in psychology, and a master's degree in human behavior. In addition to being the founder and CEO of A Healthful Life, Lisa has been featured in various magazines and on podcasts, including San Diego Voyager magazine, Shout Out magazine, Shift magazine, Mental Cement podcast, and the Love of Purple podcast. And it's my pleasure to welcome her today to Decide to Transform. Lisa, welcome. It's great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. My bio makes me sound real fancy. Every time someone reads it, I'm like, who are they talking about? Who did all these things? And I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> it's you. Well, you didn't make them up, right? Because it sounds good. <laughs> and I just actually, um, I think the last time we talked, I was getting ready to take my practical exam for my kettlebell certification. Yeah. So I recently got that done. Nice. <laughs> All right. Apparently I was bored during coronavirus. I wasn't. I, I just literally got really super interested in kettlebells and was like, I want to learn more. And so I did it. I love it. Okay. Well, you know, I've got a kettlebell in the next room and uh, we went and bought one right before the shutdown. Perfect. So Perfect. <laughs> there you have it. Well, I found one for like $12 at TJ Maxx. Mm. I was like, perfect, this is happening right now. I love it, okay. Well, so you were certified in so many different exercise, exercise physiologies, a couple of different academic degrees. And then did you do a lot of these certifications recently in the past year or has this been a lifelong journey? This has been a lifelong journey. I think this, this formal education within the fitness industry started in like 2007, 2008. Oh, wow. Okay. Actually getting like certified to do the thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the kettle, I try to do one something thing, whatever it is every year, every couple years, certification programs, generally speaking, are not fast. They do take some time and hours mm -hmm. and dedication and commitment. So the kettlebell one was the this year I'm going to do this. Okay. Just 
A lot of people like kettlebells. I really like kettlebells, so I just wanted to try. <laughs> I love it. Well, and, and people have been so creative or, well, some people, I should say, have been so creative with their fitness during this pandemic and this time. Uh, others want to be. So, you know, what are, what are you doing fitness-wise right you now? You know what is so interesting? I've always been a really big proponent of working out at home. Mm -hmm. So when the pandemic happened and everybody had to go work out at home because gym shut down and then they freaked out about it, I was like, well, this is my regular routine. So I'm kind of here for it. Cool. And yeah. the reason for that being, and I, I know your listeners like a deep dive, so I will totally deep dive. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. The reason for that being, I didn't like a lot of what I was finding in the gym environment of that kind of unsaid competitive edge that was happening that you would go to work out and then the person next to you was kind of silently judging your performance mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm also not i you know i wasn't the type to like walk in with the cute matching sports bra and the matching pants and my hair done and the makeup on that's not my jam so that yeah. didn't help anything um but i wanted my fitness to be a place where i could really focus on me and I can really focus on my well-being and giving to myself and getting strong and, you know, seeing like where my limitations kind of lie within that. And I didn't want the outside noise and distraction. So I started and then I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. So there was that component added in in there that if I wanted to work out on a regular basis, because my daughter is six now. So when she was younger, it was just easier to be at home and work out than it was to go and factor in like a gym timer or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Cause then yeah. you have to factor in like whether or not the gym has daycare and all those extra components. So I like that home workout environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With COVID what I found was, you know, the gym shut down and just like everybody else, it was like, we're open one day, we're closed the next day. <laughs> and no one really knew what to do but they just started buying all this gym equipment for their house but they weren't really sure like how to use the gym equipment so i have this like core group of, of uh, clients and i messaged them and i was like look this could be a cluster this could mm. go really poor but do you guys want to try to do zoom workouts and they were like okay uh, okay so mm -hmm. we started doing zoom workouts once a week and now since the end of March, we are now at three days a week that we work out together online, live virtual workouts. And they have learned more, I think, than they ever thought they would. Okay. Yeah. You know, Olympic lifting moves, they've learned a whole ton of kettlebell moves. Uh, they've started doing interval work because now I can, I can bring in all of my expertise, all of my knowledge, all the certifications, all the things. So I think we're I'm like trying to think of the Olympic lifting moves that they've learned. I taught them the bent press like a month ago. So I think that they've learned every major Olympic lifting exercise. Mm -hmm. And it's just okay. it's become this like wild fusion class of like kettlebell work and interval work and stretching and foam rolling. Okay. <laughs> like, it's been all the things, but they love it. They, a lot of them have told me like they love that even more than going to a gym because they don't have to think about the logistics of getting to a class. 
Right. Like, I set it up the night. I put my mat down the night before. My weights are out. I roll out of bed. I roll onto that hip leg. Yeah. <laughs> they're good. Right. My, to dive deeper, my at-home workout passion and, and needing to kind of translate out that noise came from my injury, which we talked about when we spoke on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Like, do you want to tell them? Or well, let's, let's do that. Actually, well, I'm, I'm not going to tell them, but I'm going to ask you about it. So you guys, when, um, when we were speaking, Lisa and I were speaking a, a couple of weeks ago on the phone here about this show, Lisa mentioned that she was very, uh, very severely injured earlier in her life. And there was a quite a long, a lot and really a long transformational story along with that so i'm not going to talk about it i know i'm like but you but you can yeah (laughs) so when i got out of high school i went into army rotc Uh and i i'm like i'm skipping over tons of parts but the basic is is that i was on a training exercise in army rotc and i was doing an exercise called fast roping so for your listeners who don't know what that is It is a fast way to insert troops into tight places. Um, The easiest equivalent I can think of is if they've seen that movie Black Hawk Down. Okay. When the guys are coming out of the helicopters on ropes going Mm -hmm. into the city, that's fast roping. Okay. So I was doing that. And when my feet hit the ground, I landed on a rock and I shattered, fractured, and dislocated my right foot. Mm. Um. And I did not walk for the better part of a year. So when I first got hurt, like the first, I mean, first few hours of me getting hurt, the, you know, people within my command and stuff, they thought that I had broken my foot. And it wasn't until maybe like two days later when I had gotten CAT scans and stuff done that it really revealed the extent of the damage to my foot. My midfoot, this is like the most crass way of putting it, but it's fine. It looked like cornflakes. Mm. Like there were just bones like floating around. And it was not cute yeah. at all. Sure. So I was very, very lucky that the army at the time, because I was an ROTC and I was a college student and I, I continued with my education, sure. even working through this injury, maybe I should have taken a semester off. I didn't. <laughs> I just kept going. I needed the distraction. But Mm. the army was like, look, we're going to give you time to figure out where your limitations are, where your strengths are. We're going to let you completely recover from this. And they also let me find my own doctor. So Mm. I found this absolutely amazing doctor who rebuilt my foot like from the ground up. And I had multiple surgeries and I had all of this rehab and all this kind of stuff. And that initial crisis period of recovery took about a year. And then I started walking again. And then it was, how, how am I going to be strong? How am I going to live the rest of my life? So I was a month shy of turning 20 when the injury happened. Okay. So I was very, very young. And the one thing that I like 
I can't even give enough credit that the people in my corner who were really my champions, you know, my family, my doctor, healthcare services, yeah. kept kind of hounding into me, what do you want the quality of your life to look like? You know, when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50, how do you want to age? How do you want your fitness to be? And it was kind of hounding in like you're always going to have to have an aspect of self-care and an aspect of fitness so that you can have a high quality of life because without these things you are going to have further injury it's going to need further repair you know it's it will snowball out of control so Mm -hmm. i started rehabbing and i started quite frankly getting really really mad because okay yeah. I mean, just complete transparency. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I was really embarrassed to talk about what happened to me. It was the point in time that we were in terms of like Afghanistan and Iraq. We were very new into those conflicts. Um, okay. And so we were putting more troops there. Troops weren't really coming back yet. So people didn't really know how to handle the military thing. They, a lot of people didn't know what ROTC was. They would get very confused when I would try to explain to them what happened. And also during a lot of this, the first surgery that I had, I had metal coming out of my foot after the surgery. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It was mm. not, I kept that metal. I don't know why, but I still have it. You still have it. Okay. I, still have it. I don't know All why. Right. Oh, All I right. It's still there. Um, And so it was a lot of like the shock factor too, of like, oh my goodness, like look at her. And then it was a lot of like, your military experience doesn't count. Oh, yeah. It doesn't count because Mm. I was an ROTC. I wasn't like, oh, I didn't go overseas and get hurt. I was here. Mm -hmm. So I got really embarrassed. And then and I stopped talking about it. And then I got really angry because I was embarrassed, but I also couldn't do all of these physical things that I wanted to do. I mean, very simple things as to like going for walks yeah. would swell my foot out of control, you know, or like running was a train wreck, <laughs> like a, mm-hmm. a huge, huge train wreck. I couldn't even wear high heels, which for, okay. you know, a young woman when you're wanting to go when you're 21 and you want to go to the bar with your girlfriends then you want to look cute and you want to have the cute shoes i couldn't wear those shoes if i wanted to walk the next day so i was very very angry and then it was you know more time the further i got away from the point of being injured and working through that emotional like grieving process because that's what i really came to understand it to be the more I started looking at it as I've been really given a chance to do something with myself because this could have been significantly worse. Yeah. Okay. What am I going to do with myself? (laughs) Like what, what am I going to do with the second chance? And it wasn't fitness right away. I went, I got all, you know, all the schooling got done and I went into corporate America and I actually ended up working with victims of violence for a very, very long time. Mm. And everything was always from a standpoint of showing the people around me how strong they are. Because I showed myself how strong I was. 
And I wanted them to see that. I wanted them to see that they could literally overcome anything if their mind was in the right spot, if their heart was in the right spot. If they approached it from that that place, they could overcome all of it. And I started kind of dabbling in the fitness on the side. And I started okay. kind of, you know, I was like, I'm going to get this certification and it's going to be cute. And then I started like training on the side, like before and mm. after work. And then it just became that passion was more than the corporate America passion. Okay. Yeah. And then I went, I left corporate America with no job lined up, probably much to the terror of everybody around me. Mm. <laughs> And I really started this entrepreneurial journey of like a fitness instructor. Okay. Very, very basically with this whole intention of like, I transform my health and well-being, and I lost 40 pounds after the injury. Okay. Yeah. And I taught myself how to walk again. I learned how to drive again. I've learned how all these things are. I learned how to get like that endorphin rush that I would have gotten from a really high impact workout in a much more respectful way to my body. I can teach other people how to do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, so there's, there's a lot there, especially because you were injured at 19. And what really strikes me is the fact that it was almost a year before you were even able to do things like walk, things that people take for granted. I can relate to this having been in a major injury myself from an auto accident and learning to walk again. However, I did not have a year's journey like you did. And you mentioned one of your primary emotions was being mad. Um, what were your other primary emotions during this time? Because it's a long process. That's nearly one year we're talking. I was, I went through, I mean, I really do think I walked every single step of grief. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I remember being really, really mad. And I remember being really frustrated and, and a lot of the like, why me? questions coming up mm. and people's immediate response was always like god saved you from something worse happening and it probably would have been you dying because we had gone into these other countries yeah i mean i don't know mm -hmm. but i took this like actually when people first said that to me i said well that's why I signed up for the military was to go and like be with my troops and like be with my people and to lead people and do the thing. So if that was the outcome of it, I knew that that was what I could potentially be signing up for. Sure. My young person head was not geared into that line of thinking as I, you know, got more into a place of acceptance after I was mad, after I was frustrated and after I was really, really sad because I lost but like my whole military community during that time. And it was not because they didn't want to be in my life or anything like that. It was purely because we were going into a conflict. They were finishing up college commissioning and going into that conflict there, you know, or a lot of them, what a lot of my friends did was pull out of college completely drop out of the ROTC program, go back into their reserve or national guard unit and deploy from there. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
so their mind was in other places than where my mind was at. My mind was at this place of, I have to get better. I have to recover. I have to, I have to finish school. Like the push for me to finish college became even greater because I didn't have the automatic career lined up. I Mm -hmm. knew I was going to have to fight for whatever I did. Whereas before it was just kind of like a given, you know? Yeah. So it was a lot of like that sadness too, that like the camaraderie that I had when I was in the military and the friendships that I had, they just kind of fell away. I was having to like reestablish myself as an individual and also, you know, reestablish friends, which is really hard when you're in college and your mom is driving you. And I love my mom, (laughs) but you know, (laughs) people aren't going to want to ask to hang out with you when your mom's there with you. Fair. No, not, not unless you're <laughs> seven or eight years old, or yeah. maybe, maybe even then. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I did finally get to this point after a lot of therapy and a lot of processing okay. of acceptance. And then it was a whole lot of me really letting go of my ego. Okay. Because my ego, that little voice in my head kept getting in the way and telling me that I could do certain things that were not respectful to my body and they didn't honor my body. And then as a result, I was seeing more injury. So I, you know, I had the foot injury. And then when I would try to push myself outside of the box, because I didn't, I didn't want to have to modify. And I actually won't even say modify now when I train, because it's okay. like a dirty word to me. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Oh. All right. I say variations. Modify. Oh. Right. Because the mm-hmm. modification gives the implication that you're making things easier. Okay. When that's not necessarily the case. So I, I tell people all the time, like you make variations to do what works the best for your body so that you can honor your body and where it's at right now. And where it's mm-hmm. at right now might not be where it is tomorrow and it might not have been where it was yesterday, but. Yeah. You need to honor that space because you get stronger by honoring that space. So it was a lot of me learning how to let go of my ego so that I could honor that space and figure out how to like do those things again, which served me greatly because then when I became a mom and was recovering from, you know, being pregnant and having that postpartum journey, I was able to find that strength faster because I knew where I had to go and how I was giving to myself on, you know, in my fitness and healthcare and, you know, wellness, self-care journey. Yeah. I was like, okay, we're gonna, <laughs> and you're also really tired when you have a newborn. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> I, went, I went through that years ago, years like, ago, I but I've I... done that twice. Yes. <laughs> like, I... I went on army training exercises where I would be up for days at a time and a newborn was more exhausting than that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Lisa, how long had you been in the army before this injury took place? A little over a year. A little over a year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you'd establish those relationships like you talked about. And then, you know, you mentioned a few minutes ago that, um, you had this experience of, of feeling that, that your military career didn't count in some way, or it was modified or with an asterisk because you were in the ROTC and never went overseas. You were injured in the U.S. instead of being injured in 
combat. So now was that something that people forced it on you or was that, was that your own inner voice? Was it a combo? I think it was a combo. You know, when I got okay. hurt, no one really knew like what to do with me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the military side or the civilian side, even down to like, who's paying for this? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was such a great area. So <laughs> the way that ROTC works is you actually sign a reserve enlistment contract. Okay. So I had an enlisted rank. I had enlisted ID. I And, I, you know, you have all these contract aspects. But mm -hmm. when you go to train you are treated as a reserve unit so when a reserve unit goes to trainer they deploy their considered active duty personnel so when i got hurt i was technically considered active duty even though i really really wasn't okay so it led to all this like very ambiguity like ambiguity when it came to how to handle me and also yeah people getting hurt in rotc was a very rare thing oh okay especially to the degree that I had been hurt. Hmm. So it was a combination of that. And then also, you know, other people when I, they would ask how I got hurt and I would say it and they would be like, they would, they would get this look on their face of like, that doesn't count. Oh, hmm. you were, I would get, Oh, you weren't in boot camp? No. Oh, you weren't in Iraq? No. Have you been to Iraq? No. Like, I'm not going to lie about it. it. It was what it was. It happened when it happened. Right. And it was a lot of that, like, questioning the validity of my story. And I think that that led me to kind of stop talking about my story. Gotcha. Okay. And at what point did you begin to talk about your story again and pick that thread back up? I think it was after the Army completely discharged me, which okay. was maybe like three or four years after the injury. Mm-hmm. They really, they really did give me a good grace of time to like figure out how that healing process would be. And then when I was completely out, it was, I would tell people here and there, not really a whole lot because mm -hmm. I would still get the questions. And then okay. more at that time too, more and more people started coming home from those fronts and that, you know, the VA system and all those things started being really overloaded. Sure. Like, like tremendous need so i would tell people about it kind of but not so much okay and i don't think i really started talking about it until i really stepped into my role as a trainer because when i coach and when i train and the things that i say i have told my clients like i say things to you but i have the visual behind it of where i was and what pushes me to that. So when I'm, uh, you know, talk to them about like, you can do this, you can get through this, this like whatever motivational thing I'm saying. And often I don't remember what I say. <laughs> <laughs> like me neither. Visual, you're like, I don't remember either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the visual that I get is when I took my first steps after the injury. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like how scared I was. Mm-hmm. Or I'll tell people all the time, like, you can do this. You've gotten through 100% of your bad days. Like, you can do this. You can push past this. You're stronger than what you think. You know, like, all those things. And it's 
that I have this visual in my head, probably from pictures that were taken during that time of me on bed rest with like the metal sticking out of my foot and my mom and dad telling me, you will get past this. We know that you're mad and we know that you're so frustrated and you're sad and like you can cry and you can have all those feelings and you can punch pillows and do whatever you need to do, but you will get past this. This is temporary. This is a blip in a very long and beautiful life that you will have. You will get past this. So when I say that stuff to clients, it's me having that visual and it started happening that a lot of people were coming up to me like after class or I would train them and they would say like, wow, you're so motivational. I don't understand like, where does this come from? And then I would tell them and they would be like, why are you not talking about this more? And then I was like, I don't know. I just don't. And they would also say, if I saw you, I would not know that you had that much chronic illness and pain and previous injury in your body. Cause you don't move like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, Oh, I guess there's something here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then I started yeah. with it. And then it, it just slowly like transformed into this whole online training business mm -hmm. of me saying, okay, well, if I, if I can do this in person, I can do this virtually and I can help even more people transform their own lives. Cause why am I doing this if I'm not helping them? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's why you went into the training business in the first place. Yeah, because uh, we could, we all have choices as to what we go into in life. And uh, that's that's really, really interesting that that you um, that you said earlier that you're showing people how strong they they really are. So is there one particular client we don't have to name names or anything but does anybody stand out as being a real success story of not feeling their strength and then emerging from working with you really feeling it i you know what honestly i think i'm very very blessed that i've had a lot of people like that oh good 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 you know people who have come to me from you know, really severe car accidents that have given them traumatic brain injuries and they're mm. feeling so frustrated because their short-term memory isn't there. So it's like I'm giving them an exercise and within the words coming out of my mouth, they're forgetting what I'm telling them and improving on that. And, you know, joint replacement stuff that I've done that, you know, people have been, they've gotten cleared by their doctor and they're able to work out. And the first couple workouts are just like, good, I can't do anything. Like I'm so, I can't do anything. Like that's what I hear all the time. I can't do anything. And then a year later, they're doing everything that they possibly can. You know, they have shown themselves that they can do it. And for me, it's that going back and respecting where your body is at and, mm -hmm. and knowing that the potential is there. I think a lot of the times we see the light at the end of the tunnel, we see the end goal and we're not seeing the incremental steps it takes to get to that point. Yeah. So showing them that there is an actual journey to get to that point. Maybe it's not going to happen tomorrow, but it'll happen. And even with COVID and, you know, we've been open, close, open, close, open, close. But I've had clients who have come in um, who have had COVID and, you know, been okay to come in. So don't think that they're like exposing themselves or anything. Sure, not sure, sure. Like fully, you know, negative tests and came in and saying like, 
I can't breathe into my diaphragm. It hurts too much. Fast forward a couple months and they're telling me my doctor is so impressed that I can breathe as deeply as I can and that I've done all these things for myself. Mm-hmm. Like that's amazing to me. Even clients who, <laughs> I have one client in particular, and if she listens to it, she's going to know that it's her because I, I do talk. Oh, all right. She okay, knows because well. we. she's funny with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was terrified of me. Oh, I would oh. teach and it was like, she plays super aggressive rap music. She's covered in tattoos. I don't want to go to her class. Uh-huh. And she ended up coming in because the time worked for her. And she was like, Ugh. and then she kept coming back and she kept coming back. And she told me one time she was like, I would never have described myself as athletic, but you have pushed me and shown me that I can do more than I thought it was capable of doing. All and right. like, that's the biggest victory to me because think about how that translates into the rest of your life when you have that little transformation in your head that little switch of the thinking how does that impact everything else in your day-to-day life from dealing with your kids and dealing with your boss and giving the hard presentation at your work via zoom whatever it is or even just you got into a fight with your friend and you need to have a way to resolve that conflict like having that confidence that you can go at those things from a respectful place yeah and that you can handle it Mm. it's such a powerful thing to me right yeah it's very powerful to be able to come at things as you said from a respectful place from experience and then to be able to handle it Mm -hmm. that's that's really big and whoever this woman is that was afraid of of your tattoos and aggressive rap music (laughs) Well, I hope you're listening right now because we've been talking about you she knows. <laughs> worldwide. She's funny because I, I always tell clients I like it when I can tell when they get comfortable with me because there is a little yeah. bit of intimidation I see on the in like the front end when they walk in and huh? I am the least serious person on the face of the planet. I'm like, look at, we're just going to do like complain. I don't care. We're still doing this and I'll kind of rib on them and like, you know, poke fun at them or whatever. And I can tell when they get comfortable because then they kind of start sassing me back. Mm-hmm. And I tell her all the time, man, you think about when you started with me three, four years ago, look at you now. I ask you to do something. You're like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> There's like no shame. But showing up and doing it, showing up and doing all the things all of the time. That's such an amazing thing to me. And even, you know, bringing people out of like when it comes to injuries, because I see so many. Yeah. I will always ask when I'm new to training somebody or if it's been like a hot second, like, are there limitations that I need to know about in your body? Mm-hmm. And I'll either get straight up lied to, which don't do that because a good fitness instructor can tell within probably five minutes and you taking 10 steps if there's something wrong with you. And also I'll get the very like umbrella answer. Oh, my neck. Oh, my shoulder. (laughs) And and they're like embarrassed by it. And I can relate to that because same, it was like, oh, my foot. And I'll ask Mm -hmm, them like, mm -hmm. well, what does that mean? And then they're looking at me like, what? And well, I mean, a multitude of things can go wrong in your shoulder. Like, talk to me about it. What's going on? Yeah. And then they get this look of surprise when I'm like, okay, that's fine. We'll work around it. No big deal. We got this. 
Mm-hmm. Well, do it. And whatever, it, what you do today might look different than tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and it does. And it's a journey and it's a process. And one of the things that, that we, when we originally spoke that you said that really, uh, I'd love to talk a little bit more about is, is just the very notion of showing up. That figured really prominently in our conversation, and you just referenced it um, with regard to your clients. So, what does that look like? Yeah. Do you have more that you'd like to tell people about? Okay, how do you show up? I, I mean, for me, showing up is ninety percent of the battle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you think oh, yeah. about, I have all these things going on in my day, and then. I have all these things that could potentially go on in my day because there's always someone pulling at your energy and mm-hmm. pulling at your time. And then, you know, there's only, unless someone can magically add hours into the day, which quite frankly, I don't want, unless I can sleep during those hours, there's only 24 hours in a day. So how do you prioritize yourself enough to show up? And Okay. A lot of that is mindset stuff that I can definitely get into like more deeply on a one-on-one coaching basis. But for me as a trainer and as a coach, it's showing people how to be successful because I understand that kind of underlying thinking of if you do something and it goes horribly wrong and you're not in the mindset yet to address the horribly wrong. Or, or like really compartmentalize it. Yeah. If, it, if it just leaves you with a sour taste in your mouth, you're less likely to come back. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we want the positive reinforcement. Yes. So my thing is I want people to feel successful. Are they going to work hard? Yes. Are you going to sweat? Yes. I tell people all the time, I dare you to come in wearing makeup. You will sweat it off and look like a raccoon when you're done. I want you to work hard because I know that you're capable of working hard. But I also know with all of the education and experience and expertise that I have, that if I want them to do this one really hard exercise and they've never done it before, I'm not setting them up for success if I throw the exercise at them as opposed to breaking it down. Mm -hmm. And that starts with activation, warm up, you know, beginner sets and all that kind of stuff and progressing into that. And that might mean that we don't even get into that exercise that day. Who knows? Maybe we do. Maybe <laughs> we do, but it's on a, a backed off level. You know, maybe it's a weighted exercise. We're not using weights on it. Something like that. Okay. But if I can get them to feel like, oh, okay, I did that. That wasn't so bad. They're going to be more likely to show up the next time. Whereas if they do it and it's like, I can't, or I did it and I couldn't do it or whatever, that negative voice is like, well, you know, you need to fold laundry. Well, your kids need you to do this. Oh, your spouse, your partner, they need this. But what about your target run? Mm-hmm. Target's going to be open. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing with coronavirus. Target's mm-hmm. not closing. We'll be fine. So it's, it's <laughs> you're like, oh, God. Yeah. I got to make a target run. I'm sorry. I'm not coming in today. <laughs> About that. I, tell, I tell people too when, <laughs> when they work out with me it's it's like that hour or you know whatever mm-hmm. of space to de-stress and to leave oh, your yeah. problems there you know and, yeah. and to distract yourself from the rest of the world but mm-hmm. you still need to walk out feeling good right yeah you, you don't want to walk out thinking well i'm glad i tried that once 
beautiful right right like yeah. how trial gym memberships have you got oh yeah yeah <laughs> Yes. Yeah. People, uh, I've had people say, well, I'm donating to 24 hour fitness. Uh, I just write a check every month, a little donation. A little, you know. Yeah. 24 hour fitness. It's people. That's okay. But <laughs> I want to create that positive reinforcement so that they will make the time to show up for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Because I, I truly do believe that if we give to ourselves first, we can serve our community around us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most and definitely. Yeah, and I also know that I approach my fitness from that standpoint of giving to myself first because of my injury. So right. my thought process, you know, they say like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, I don't know, but my thought process is reversed from some people because I had the injury. And I know that if I'm not moving my body, if I'm not taking care of myself, if I'm neglecting those aspects of self-care, I will directly suffer and it will be pretty much immediate. I've come a very long way with my foot. It is still something I deal with every day and it will be until the day I die. But it's not going to stop me because I know what I need to do to feel good. And then if I can do that, I can give to all the people around me. I can show up in, on a, you know, podcast and entertain people i can you know be a more effective parent right i can be a more effective coach mm -hmm. i can give to my you know my immediate nuclear tribe in a bigger and better way because i've taken care of that and my for me it's like if i don't take care of myself the chronic pain kicks in really quickly so i'm not distracted by that i can keep it moving yeah. Well, and, and so there are many different ways that you work with people. We mentioned at the outset a number of the of the fitness certifications that you have. So if somebody would like to work with you further, how can they get a hold of you? The easiest way is the website, which is a healthfullife.org. Okay. That links back to all the social media. It gives the links to my YouTube channel and recipes and my blog private coaching application because there is an application process okay sure you know all of those things and then if they can't remember that my social media um instagram in particular is where i am the most active and that handle is my name which is at lisa pronzo but i also know that you're awesome and we'll have it in all of your show notes i will <laughs> i will indeed oh yeah <laughs> you're like yes i will okay. including but not limited to the freebie that is accessible to your audience, which is an at-home workout guide. So okay. what I will tell all of these lovely listeners is they get the guide, they download the guide. You, I do this for a living because it is my passion. So if you get into the workout guide and you're like, oh, I want to make this harder. Oh, I want to make this easier. I'm not sure how to incorporate in my active rest. I'm working around you know, this injury, this limitation, this something, whatever it is, and you're not sure how to address that yeah. for your particular fitness goals, don't hesitate to reach out and ask. Shoot me an email, DM me on Instagram, however, so that I can help you. Mm -hmm. Just And just start the conversation with that because I'm not doing anything if I'm sitting on all this and I'm not helping people. And my thing is... Yeah meeting people where they're at so that they can find their own transformation and everybody's journey is right. different. 
It is, especially when we're talking something as, as diverse as fitness. Um, yeah. No question about it. So let me rehash some of these websites and ways that, uh, that you listeners can get a hold of, of Lisa here. So the main website is a healthfullife.org a healthfullife.org and the Instagram handle at Lisa Peranzo. That is your main social media channel. However, there are links, as you mentioned, to a blog, to your YouTube channel on the website, a healthfullife.org. And don't forget listeners of this show here, the at-home workout guide, absolutely free. Yes. Uh, yeah, wonderful. And the link to that will be in the, the show notes when the show comes out. So don't forget about that. And then Lisa will be available for any other questions that you might have in response. So yes. Lisa, I love this. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And I will say too that um, if any of your listeners are ready for coaching, and they're like, we just want to jump in. I just want to do this. I, I need somebody to help me figure out how to work in my healthy living in yeah. you know, my life. They will get a discount on coaching because they listen to the podcast. Because right. I, I do this all from a place of service and love for the people around me because I, I know that it's possible. And it's a matter of just having those right tools in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, so thank you. This is this is wonderful. So guys out there listening, discount on coaching with Lisa here. Just tell them you listened to this show and, and tell them you listened to the whole thing in its entirety too. Yes. And, and you'll, you'll I, I don't know about additional discounts. That's up to you, but you'll, uh, you'll endear yourselves to us. Yes, in a beautiful well. way. Yeah. I would totally be open to giving an additional discount if they said oh. they listened to the whole show. I'd be down for that. All right, all right. Well, I'll leave that to you. Yeah, I would do it most definitely. I love it. Okay, well, that, that's that's really generous and, and wonderful of you. Thank you so much. Um, I hope that they take you up on that. I hope so too. Right. So, Lisa, I've learned a great deal, and I'm so happy that you took the time to take us through the the experience and the depth and the details and, and what you do for people. It's been really helpful for people, I think, to hear where you're coming from and why it's so passion, uh, it's such a passion for you, why you're so passionate about it. So I've really enjoyed this very much. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I've had a blast. I really do appreciate it. This is so fun to get to do this and to get to connect with people. Yeah, it it is fun, and um, you know I love it, and I'm glad that we can we can all tell that you're having a great time. It's it's she's having a good time, guys. By the way, yeah, if you didn't know, yeah. And, and so, Lisa, one more thing, or is there anything else that you'd like to to say to the listeners before we wrap up here? Oh, yes, sure. For the listeners who are on the fence about you know what I want to start on my fitness journey, I don't know mm. where to start, or mm -hmm. I want change it up and I'm not sure how or like I know that I need to do this and I don't know where to even start the first thing is starting just start there's going to be no perfect timing in your life there's going to be no perfect setup in your life but there is always a way to do this and there's always a way to give to yourself and my absolute encouragement to people always is just start right now I love it Yes, right now, today, from wherever you are, it's like the spiritual saying, start where you are, applies to every aspect of life. 
All right. It does. It does indeed. There's never a bad time. But Lisa, thank you again for joining me here today. This has been a real pleasure. Thank you. Guys, this has been Lisa Peranzo here on Decide to Transform. And don't forget to tell Lisa for a discount on her coaching that you heard it right here on Decide to Transform. All right, everybody have a great day and we'll see you again soon.